Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Something that I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I like saying that because I like you, and I like making sure that you are aware of the potential of spoilers, and this warning uh, makes you aware of them, so it's good. It's a good thing, as Martha Stewart might say, if she was talking about spoiler warnings at the top of this podcast episode. Oh boy. Uh, another thing that I like to say at the top of every episode is that if you like what you hear, meaning this podcast, not the sort of ambient sounds in the room that you are in, what you can do is give us a like on iTunes. Perhaps. <coughs> That's disgusting. But I just had dinner, so that's a means that it's a compliment to the cook, which was me. So you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, comment on iTunes and stuff. <laughs> that's what that was so rudely interrupted. I think since this is going downhill quickly, I'm gonna push a button and that get us started. Hmm. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Hilarious Misunderstanding Night Classes at Gotham University. Thank you for that thing, for sponsoring this thing. This movie, Monday, movie Monday, uh, movie monologue, movie Monday is a totally different thing, although exactly the same. Ah, God, I should just restart this whole episode, but we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is talk about This Is Spinal Tap. Yes unprofessional reviewer as I am, giving out reviews before I even say anything, 5 out of 5. Love this movie. Uh, I put this on a list of movies that everyone should see, just sort of period, full stop. Uh, When I had realized that the missus had not seen this movie, I said, hey, let's rectify that situation. And, surprise, surprise, she didn't hate it. So... If you are a long-time listener, you will know that her not hating a movie means that uh, that's a pretty good review from her, because she hates most things, just in general. <laughs> uh, super, super funny. It is uh, the first, I don't know if it is the first, but it's definitely among the first, if not the first, mockumentary, which is a mock documentary. Uh, It follows the life and times of the fictional band Spinal Tap. Uh, Something that sort of amuses me about that is that because this movie was so popular to this day, 
the fictional band Spinal Tap still occasionally does perform uh, in real, actual life. And I think they're on a bit of a tour right now, in fact. Uh, so, so that's kind of amusing. Um, laughs aplenty and still holds up well, which uh, I don't think you can say about a huge amount of movies from this time period. Uh, came out in, let me check the Imbida, since I do believe I have it open. Uh, came out in 1984, so when I was three years old, this movie came out. I probably did not see it when I was three years old, but uh, I had seen it before. Highly recommend, of the movies in this movie monologue, that uh, is definitely the number one spot. Uh, movie, the second, is called Starship Rising. It gets a 1 out of 5, and that is all I'm going to say about this horrible, horrible movie that I beg you not to waste your time with. That is potentially, uh, again, if you're a long-time listener, that is potentially the meanest thing I've ever said about a movie. So, that should tell you something, that this is just a not good thing. I don't even want to call it a movie. Uh, I watched maybe 10 minutes of it and turned it off in outright disgust. And then I moved on to this next film called Batman vs. Robin. Uh, I think I've probably seen any Batman animated movie that has ever been made. I'm fairly certain. And this is one of them. There's no denying it. Uh, Probably titles that sort of uh, would make me interested in a Batman movie, this is the least. Uh, But then again, there's that potential of Batman versus Robin. Why are they fighting? That does kind of make it a little interesting. Uh, There is a bit of backstory that I don't know where I sort of knew of it. Uh, Let me read the Imbida, and maybe that'll give you an idea. Uh, While Damian Wayne... (laughs) I just realized that uh, Robin's name in this is Damian Wayne which is very similar to Damon Wayne's. So if they ever make this a live action, I hope that Damian Wayne is played by Damon Wayne's, which I do believe, and this doesn't happen often, and I don't think has ever really happened this early. Uh, I think that might be the title of this episode, uh, Damian Wayne versus Damon Wayne's. Uh, I noticed a long time ago that uh, when I put the word versus in a title, quite often, um, they get more hits than they would otherwise. So, you know, that's a thing that I learned and now occasionally try to do when it is obvious to do so, like it is in this case. Uh, Anyways, uh, while Damian Wayne struggles to cope with Batman's non-killing rule, hmm, he soon starts to believe that his destiny lies within a secret society known as the Court of Owls. Um, I don't really know who Damian Wayne is. It sounds like it was a... It's the son of Bruce Wayne, obviously. And uh, he was raised by Ra's al Ghul, which... I don't really know how this falls in the mythos exactly, but maybe it was Son of Batman? Did I watch that? Anyways, I don't know how I knew about all this, but I seem to recognize this sort of story before, and I'm curious where I saw it, what previous thing filled in these gaps for me. If you know how I might know, have known of this story, let me know. 
that's confusing, so I think we should move on. Oh, uh, not without giving a rating. Uh, as far as Batman animated related things, this was a very, very good one. I, I, I'm going to go four out of five, and probably I normally give them five out of five, so it wasn't my favorite, but still very, very good, and would recommend to a Batman fan for sure. Okay, moving on to a, a film, film called uh, Project Almanac. Uh, this is an interesting time travel flick. A group of teens discover secret plans to a time machine and construct one. Because why wouldn't you? Uh, however, things start, start to get out of control. This is your sort of typical... if such can be said of a thing a typical uh, time travel gone awry kind of scenario going back and fucking things up and then going back to try to fix those things and fucking them further uh, until eventually and this is a pretty big spoiler eventually going back to before any of it ever happened and stopping it uh, that sort of thing I, I love time travel movies if I didn't uh, probably wouldn't give this movie a four, but I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a four. So pff, there you go. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. But you know, welcome to the Liberal Cube. That's what it is. Last and final film. Oh, you know what? It's kind of funny. Uh, this also falls into the uh, movies that everyone should see category, and also gonna get a five out of five. It is called Trading Places. It stars Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Came out in '83, so that that '83 and '84, good good couple of years for comedies there. Uh, if you've never seen this movie, please do so. Uh, it does have a very very heavy '80s comedy vibe. Uh, extremely strong in that regards and that's a good thing if you're in the mood for it uh, i suppose you could sort of poo-poo a movie such as this and be like we've come a long way since some of the horrible jokes in this some of the racist actually humor in this which i didn't recall but upon re-watching for probably uh, i've probably seen this movie five times if i had to guess uh, it sort of jumped out at me more so. Maybe we're more sort of susceptible. Not susceptible is not the right word. Uh, we notice it more in this day and age. That's a potential smart thought in this dumb podcast. Wow. Today's television talk sponsor is Six Seasons and a Movie Adult Not Incontinent But Just Don't Want to Get Up Diapers. Thank you. Okay, I'm uh, going to talk about Community Season 6. Yes, I binged like a real, like someone who really binges on things. A binger. I binged like a binger. Uh, this entire season, and I think almost a weekend. Uh, I think maybe I, I slipped a few into the next week, but uh, I watched them quick and often because it was so, so very good. Uh, I don't know if I sort of... Yeah, this is a good question, and, and maybe someone else who might have had the same thought. Did you potentially have the thought in your head that moving from uh, actual sort of... Uh, cable, not cable, actual television television, to moving the show uh, online only. 
was was there ever a thought in your head that maybe it's going to lose some of the quality? Uh, I, I don't even know if it was an overt thought, but it was in the back of my mind at the very least. Uh, I'd like to say that it didn't, in fact. In fact, I, I, I don't know if it's the best season yet, but it was definitely true to form. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a good way to good way to sum up this if if you liked community seasons one through five on actual factual tv you're gonna goddamn like season six on yahoo which uh this is actually my first foray into yahoo really anything other than when it was a search engine before google and may have used that back in the day what else did yahoo have anyways we're not here to talk about yahoo we're here to talk about Community Season 6, Class Cancelled, it says on the picture that I'm looking at on the Wikipedia page. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, they're all, uh, there's 13 episodes, which, is that less than it used to be when it was on television? 13 seems to be more and more often for comedy shows, do you find that? Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, I, I think I find that comedies that are going to do... Oh no, never mind, forget that. I had a theory, but then I thought about it and it proved wrong, so I will ignore that. And uh, in the old days, the pre-episode 300 days, I probably would edit that whole thing out. But you know what, now, gonna leave it in. Uh, we've got two new additions to the cast, uh, Paget Brewster uh, in the form of Francesca Dart, or Frankie, and uh, Keith David as Elroy Patashnik. Keith David, that is an amazing, an amazing choice for this role. <laughs> I don't know if this is uh, racist or ageist, and it probably is a little bit, but uh, they got rid of a uh, African-American uh, cast member, too, in fact, and they got rid of a uh, old person in the form of uh, Chevy Chase, and uh, got <laughs> instead threw in a older African American person to I don't know fill the gap. Is that uh, is that the correct thing to say there? I don't know, but I said it. Uh, that reminds me of a tweet that I twatted the other day. It's um, if uh, Chevy Chase. Let me see if I can remember this. If Chevy Chase got into a cab and said follow that car while pointing at a Camaro what you have on your hands there kids is a Chevy Chase Chevy Chase so let, let that sink in for a moment if you will hi <laughs> um yeah more of the same which is not a bad thing and I, I could see if they're going which I think I hope that they're going to be moving on to season, season 7 uh, with this new cast. Uh, potentially, it could, in time, get old. But, but, but that's the thing about a, a show that is this sort of crazy. Uh, the fact that its craziness is so high means that even experiencing it over and over again... Uh, you kind of never know what's going to happen. Uh, final note on community is if you are a nerd like myself, uh, this is a show for you more than any other. Uh, some people of the, 
I would potentially even say fake nerdy variety, might point to the Big Bang Theory. And uh, I forget where I heard this quote, but it's my favorite quote regarding this sort of issue, if it is an issue, which I'm making it a goddamn issue. And that is, uh, uh, Big Bang Theory makes fun of nerds, whereas Community is made for nerds. That's the sort of, the, the main difference. And I love the show, 5 out of 5, goddamn 6 out of 5 sometimes, and that's impossible, but it happens. Today's book banter sponsor is Seattle Demon Run Business Association. Thank you to that for sponsoring this book banter in which we're talking about book two of the Word and Void series by Mr. Terry Brooks titled A Night of the Word. If you listen to my uh, last talk of book one of the series, I medium enjoyed it. Uh, and thought it was potentially kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of aimed at a slightly younger audience than myself. Uh, less less true in this case, yeah, I would say that. Less true in this case, but still kind of felt a little lacking uh, to the degree where... Uh, <laughs> this is kind of something I've never done before. I read uh, the first two books of this series... Uh, and didn't read the third, but instead just read the Wikipedia page and the sort of plot outline for the third book in this series. Uh, the reason I even did that was because uh, I wanted to jump ahead to uh, a new trilogy that takes place, I don't know, like hundreds or a hundred or an indeterminate amount of time after these three books. And I gotta say, I'm uh, about halfway done the first book of that next series, and uh, I haven't missed a beat by not reading fully the third book of the series. Does all of that make sense, what I just said? Uh, I assume it does. If it was written out rather than just spoken, it would make perfect sense, I'm sure. Like, I could, I could picture in my mind how those sentences could be drawn out to make perfect sense on some sort of whiteboard. Uh, let's hope you can use the whiteboard of your mind to make sense of what I've just said. The book... Uh, follows a, as you may assume by the title, A Knight of the Word, by the name of John Ross. He uh, is a magical type dude, but he, uh, I guess you would say, failed on a mission. Uh, that the, the good, let's break this up into good and evil, the good sent him on a mission, he failed that mission, and thought to himself, why am I even bothering? Might as well just give up. I want to go back to my normal life. And that's what he makes the attempt to do. So, uh, kind of interesting in that regard that you have a sort of magical, mystical knight who tries to rejoin a humdrum day-to-day -day world. Uh, and that makes me think, if I was ever in a situation where I had magical, mystical powers, would I either A, give up the powers and no longer use them to fight evil, or B, keep the powers and then give myself like a 
a nice life where I could just sit around and do nothing but play video games and uh, read books and uh, record podcasts and um, have sex with hooker. I mean, uh, do blow off hookers. No, I mean, uh, just sort of do whatever I want. Probably something closer to that. Uh, than what John Ross decides to do, which is work in a homeless shelter and try to help people but not use his powers. Hmm. Seems like a bit of a stretch. Uh, Nest Freemark makes an appearance again, uh, trying to save him from his boring life. No, trying to save him from the fact that because he's given up fighting... Uh, evil, it means that evil is going to try to corrupt him, which seems like also a little bit of a stretch. If evil's gonna fight good, aren't they happy that the, the good is sort of given up when they leave him alone? But no, they try to either kill him or convert him to their side, which, you know, who knows evil's motives per se. Per se. Uh, rating probably just go two and a half uh the the only sort of interesting parts of these books are the the final battles final battles of these books terry brooks does a very good job but other than that the the build-up is kind of boring wouldn't recommend uh just let me pause this for one second uh as i said about halfway done it's sort of it's this trilogy and then we skip ahead a couple hundred or a hundred or an indeterminate amount of time to uh, another trilogy. And that trilogy, so far, shaving up to be really, really good. And uh, I think it has to do with it being post-apocalyptic. So uh, I'll, I'll be bringing those back just FYI. Today's Game Gabin, Gabin sponsor is Geralt's Gaim. Gaim? What's a Gaim? Oh, a Gaim. Alright, uh, we're playing, and when I say we, of course, I'm using the podcast we, which much like the royal we means I am playing Witcher 3, colon, Wild Hunt. Uh, if you know anything about this game, potentially you will know that this is a goddamn long game. So, this is just sort of a warning for the next, presumably, who knows how long, an indeterminate amount of time, uh, we're going to be doing some Witcher 3 talk during our game Gabin segments, because this is going to take up uh, a lot of my time. Uh, If I was a professional video game reviewer, I'd probably try to power through it quickly, uh, maybe do it in a a weekend. (laughs) Well, that's impossible. Uh, Anyways, I'd try to power through it quickly uh, so I could put my review up, and that would be that. But I am not professional, so... What I do is play how I normally would, and consequences be damned. Uh, Debated strongly getting this for PC or uh, PS4. Was heavily leaning towards PS4. 
Uh, but in the end, actually decided to go with PC. Uh, one reason I did that, and this is something kind of game gabbin related, and we don't have to jump too much into the game itself, just because that will be a lot of that in the in the in the weeks to come, I assume. Anyways, um, is a site called Will It Run on My PC? Now, when you buy a PC game, you will see the specs you need your computer to be in order to run it. And uh, I've always looked at those, and some of them are obvious, uh, some of them less obvious. Uh, But a site like this, which uh, I'd never heard of, really, really lays it out for you in such a way that not only will you know, which I did kind of know, and not even kind of know, I did know this would work on my PC. I knew I met the minimum uh, I knew I didn't quite meet the maximum, uh, or the the recommended specs, I should say. Um, but the reason that I like this site called Will It Run on My PC is you uh, type in your uh, you type in the game, and it will then scan your PC uh, and tell you how well it will run. And, and, and I think that's where the difference is. Like it'll give you, it'll give you, uh, ranges of where your PC lays on the scale of playability, let's say. And, uh, mine with the exception of one, uh, I forget what it was exactly with the exception of one area, mine was above where it should be, uh, which I didn't realize like, uh, when I, when I saw the, uh, the, the recommended specs for your PC in order to buy this, uh, I saw some of my things were not quite recommended. They were minimum, but not recommended. But but this helped me pinpoint it a lot more and made my decision easier to buy it for PC just because uh, I, I find I like the experience a little more on PC because um, of the Steam community in particular and the potential for cheating, which sometimes I like to do. So, kill me. That's another not professional thing, but what the hell. Okay, so uh, so far, what a lot I've been doing is uh, doing a what I like to call a notice board run. Uh, within the game, there are notice boards. Notice boards are where you will go and things will be tacked up. Missions, if you will. And uh, it'll sort of add map markers to the screen. So uh, I made the attempt and have been fairly successful with the, a few odd occasions where they're not accessible to go over the entire map, every single notice board, take every single quest, and then sort of methodically make my way from one to the other uh, across the board like a virus of completing quests. Uh, I gotta say, having a great amount of fun with this thing, and I can see that, like, uh, like with uh, Skyrim, uh, it's gonna be a long time, I think, before I'm done this game. So, you know what? I, I, easy five out of five so far, and I can't see that likely to change, but I'll, I'll probably still bring it up every time we talk of it. Uh, still, compared to a uh, Fallout. It's hard to say. Like, uh, I find that the areas on the map, there's there's a lot of them, but when you're in Skyrim, so say you see a cave on a map, you go into the cave, and you can explore that cave for ten minutes, 
it's it's deep. You're going underground. You're usually ending up in a circle. They they usually design them smartly that way, and uh, you're having a good time here. Uh, a lot more outside. So you'll say find a cave, and there's not that many caves. There's more sort of you'll find a bandit camp, and then that's all that's there, and then you just move on to the next. So maybe it's not as in depth. And I kind of mean that almost literally in depth. You're not going as deep into the ground. Everything's sort of on the surface. So I, I don't know how I feel about that yet. But still, yeah, but still, having a lot of fun. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Comedians in Space Getting Space Coffee. Okay, uh, so we're going to talk about the first two episodes of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Julia Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I tried to combine her first two names into one unsuccessfully, as well as Steve Harvey, which is a much easier name to say. So, thank you, Steve Harvey. And damn you, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Uh, I was saying to the missus about these because I wanted her to really watch the Julia Louis Dreyfus one because she's a big Seinfeld fan. Uh, I was saying to her that I feel very hipstery about this show, which is unlike myself. Uh, and by that I mean, perhaps I should explain as I had to to her because that's a weird thing to say. Uh, like I, I was watching the show from episode one and sort of trying to tell people how awesome it was. And then after, you know, however many episodes, it started to explode on the scene. I don't know how I came across it, but I feel like I was, like, mining the internet and found this this diamond and brought it back up and showed everyone. They're like, oh, yeah, well, that does sound good. And then after a while, everyone's like, whoa, have you heard about this friggin' diamond? So, hipstery feeling. Uh, these two episodes, no exception... The thing I like about the Julie Louie one is uh, the the real feeling that uh, these two people genuinely like each other. And and that's one of those stupid things as someone who watches a television show. You kind of hope, and I don't know why we hope, but you do kind of hope that the people on the show in real life get along with one another. There's, if it's a quality TV show, why do you care if that happens or not? But you do hope that for some reason. At least I do, and I don't think I'm alone in that hope. And uh, watching this, uh, it's obvious that they do like being in each other's company, and I think <laughs> something kind of funny of this as well is you, you get the impression that maybe they don't hang out a crazy amount, these two, but uh, I think after this episode, they're, they're going to see each other more than they would have before this episode. So uh, it gives you sort of a warm, fuzzy, cuddly feeling that I enjoy. That I enjoy. Steve Harvey. <laughs> I don't really know him too much from his comedy. Uh, I think sort of bigger back in the 80s and 90s where my sort of nerdy comedy exploration was not as large as it is now. Uh, know him from various hilarious clips of him uh, hosting the Family Feud 
and uh, always seems to be funny. And I think after watching this episode, I could see that he has many funny bones in his body. So, he, uh, watching this has given me a little bit more respect for him than I may have had pre this episode. So, again, that's kind of a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling there as well. I think since I'm running a little out of time, I should move on to the final thing I want to talk about, which is a new thing, uh, new in the sense that it has not yet been brought back to the Libra Cube, and new in the sense that it's, well, new, and that is Tabletop RPG with Mr. Will Wheaton. Uh, if you've ever watched tabletop with will wheaton you will know potentially that uh, he's recently come out with a new sort of version of the show uh called titan's grave and uh it is an rpg a role-playing game one of my favorite episodes of tabletop was one in which they played an rpg may have had something to do with uh, chris hardwick being there and him being one of my favorite just sort of people in general but also had to do with the fact that uh, I'm so sort of like just oozing curiosity of uh, playing a role-playing game and wish that I had uh, a group of people who I could suggest this to. I do not, and I don't really know how I would find people to play a sort of Dungeons and Dragons role-playing game with. Like, where do you go? How do you how do you find? people to play that with if you have friends and love them dearly but uh, not really a nerd among them <laughs> what do you do what do you do uh one thing you can do is what i plan to continue to do and that is watch this uh, group of people play a role-playing game cre created by mr will wheaton on youtube uh just like i used to do and I'm sure this is probably still online. Uh, they haven't made any new ones, I don't think. But you know what? I should make a mental note to myself. Uh, there was a YouTube... Not a YouTube series. There was a web series uh, I used to watch a long, long time ago. Before this podcast, even. It was called uh, I Hit With My Axe. Uh, it was a group of uh, porn stars who would sit around and play Dungeons and Dragons. Now, uh, you, you know, you're probably thinking me, as in me, Jordan, uh, being a red-blooded red sort of Canadian male, I watched it for the reason that there's point stars. And although they were, you know, uh, beautiful women, it's not like they were scantily clad women. They were just women dressed as they would, you know, sitting around playing a board game. It, it, there was nothing really sexual about it. It was more, which is probably one of the nerdiest things I've ever done. It was watched, I don't know how many dozens, but I think it was dozens of episodes of porn stars playing Dungeons and Dragons, not for the reasons that they're porn stars, but for the reasons that it was interesting because they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, and that's what I was interested in. Probably the nerdiest thing that has ever been said, ever. Which is a good time to end this podcast. I will say one final thing, as I like to say one final thing all the time, and that is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts.
You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper